Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC Replay. I'm Noelle. I'm Corey, and Noelle, guess what? What? Back to where it all started. <laughs> you're, you're, we're in the same state again. We're in the same state again. I'm in the still I'm in the two house. hours away from each other, but but I'm in the same house of the very first Episode. podcast. I know you've come full circle. Come full circle. I'm still I'm still the record holder for most recorded uh, places. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to am... start counting like individual places now because you can't just be counting your houses as like one every single time you go back home. Oh no, I'm not counting this as a no. I count it unique. Okay, cool. So I'm only I'm sure. only at I think I'm only at seven, only. <laughs> quote, yeah, quote. air quotes. <laughs> but what I've I've done Florida, I've done uh, Indy, I've mm-hmm. done. Can I count like the like the two houses in Indy? As yeah, two and then you did unique? one at the church. Did one at the church. Um, did and I do one at that house? This house. Did I do one at Freedom? Mm-mm. I didn't. Okay. No. Uh, so what? So houses in Indy, church, Florida, my house. I could have sworn I did something in West Michigan. I could have sworn I did. Maybe at my sister's house. Why wouldn't house? we have been together for that though? Uh, that's fair. That is fair. We've never you done know? one together either. No. One. We have to meet in the middle somewhere. Yes. Shoot. There was another place. I could have sworn there was another place. I can't. I, no, it was, okay. there was, I think I was in West Michigan and I just didn't tell you for some, for some reason. Yeah. But, well, you never tell me when I'm here or when you're here. So it's not. Fair enough. Anything. Basically unusual. because I hate you. That's, that's really. Yeah. That's, no, that's what I'm gathering. So I'm just going to try hates, and not take offense to it. So. And Chris hates us because he's never on the podcast. With us oh, anymore. absolutely not. So, so another shot at Chris, who doesn't listen to the podcast. When he's not on. <laughs> uh, what did he say the other day that was like, Chris, where have you been? Uh, like, it had like to have been the... yesterday. What well, was that? Wasn't he talking about how like this part of the Red Wings season is the most enjoyable? Yeah. I'm like, yes. Who in. I'm like, this has been miserable. <laughs> I haven't just... even been able to watch. Yeah. I. That was one of those things where I like looked at my phone and was like, this is not a battle I'm going to fight and then put my phone down. I'm glad you said something because like, I just did not have the energy to say anything yeah. about it. Um, but it just, what a time, what a time to be alive. Who is he? I, 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 this is going to bother me the whole, the whole hour that we're on this thing. I know <laughs> the second a... you stop thinking about it, it'll come to you. And I'm then think... at like 11 PM tonight, you'll be like this. I was here. I'm going to be like so close to being asleep. And then I'm going to remember and I'm going to get so mad. And then it's going to take me another <laughs> hour and a half to fall asleep. Cause it's just a disaster. Rage um, text me. I will be dead asleep. I'll answer it at six in the morning tomorrow. Oh my gosh. I'll text it in. I'll text it in the other chat. The, the grimy ghoul gang. Oh, uh, so you'll actually get a response from yeah. the night owls. Somebody. It, it will be grimy ghoul hours. At it that will point. be Brecken. <laughs> Brecken will respond. <laughs> well, Delaney probably too. She's on a different yeah. time zone. You never know. Yeah. Um. Talking about the lions. Yeah. Other let's start than... off there. We, we had a lot to talk about last week because of all the announcements, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to go a different route. And I said, and I promised to, we made this promise to each other. We both mm-hmm. promised that we were going to do this more often when, when yeah. the situation arised or arisen. I don't know what the word is. Arose. <laughs> Arose. Um, you are, you are Brad Holmes. Okay. D- Detroit Lions GM. And hold on. Okay. I gotta, I gotta close this door. My dog is in here now. Get out of here. Give me a second. Wait, can I can I see the dog before they go? No? Oh, what? Okay. What? I no, wanted he, to see the puppy. It's fine. He he ran in and ran out, so ah. he was just making his presence known. Okay. Got it. Noel, you are Brad Holmes. I'm Brad Holmes. Got it. Okay. Lions have pick number two. Maybe I yeah. said four options before. I'm going to say five options now. Great. Um, the one option will, will just be like not much to think about. Four players mm-hmm. that you can select from mm-hmm. or have an opportunity to select from. Number one, Aiden Hutchinson, who pros is mm-hmm. the arguably the number one draft prospect in the NFL right now. Uh, experienced player, developed player, 
um, and a smart player. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, knocks on him. He doesn't have the wingspan of a of an elite defensive end, um, and most of his uh, sacks or QB pressures have come off of aggressive like hand moves instead of athletic moves. That's that's been the scouting mm-hmm. report on him. So that's your that's your option. Number one, Aiden Hutchinson. Number two, Kavan Thibodeau from Oregon, other mm-hmm. defensive end, arguably the most athletic of the defensive end prospects and maybe of any top 10 player right now. Um, fast, uh, has all of the athletic attributes that you would want with a defensive player, but maybe doesn't have the skill set. Uh, skill set's a wrong word. Maybe he doesn't have the football IQ quite yet. Mm-hmm. And his athleticism uh, at times overshadows his lack of technique and uh strategy i would say overshadows like people take it too seriously or overshadows like makes up for makes up for the other okay so explosive plays is what like oh kavan thibodeau is a freak and he is a freak i'm not saying and please don't say i'm thinking he's a stupid player he's not he's the he's he's going to make a lot of money and he's going to be, I I would think a pretty good player in this league, but there's some things that are docs on his game and that mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily have the technique and he's not a very good, uh, run defender. I think okay. was, uh, in a scouting report on him. Um, and he's a great, he's a great pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, Kyle Hamilton safety out of mm-hmm. Notre Dame and in smaller circles, but more vocal, if there is any generational talent in this draft this year, it's Kyle Hamilton. He has the best football IQ. He has the the best coverage. Um, he's not necessarily the best tackler, but you don't necessarily need to be the best tackler for a safety in the NFL, depending, depending on what type of safety you are. Um, and is hardly makes any mistakes on the football field. Mm-hmm. And like I said, maybe the the generational no mistake prospect in this draft. Kyle Hamilton safety out of Notre Dame. So that's option three. Option four, and in my opinion, the player with the most upside in this draft, quarterback Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. He was projected to not even be the first quarterback taken in the draft this year before all the pro days, the combines and all that stuff, his measurables, his, uh, his, his pro day, his pro, uh, his pro combine shot him up the rankings. People were wildly impressed with him. Um, and because of the weak quarterback class, he was able to shoot up into many mock draft simulations and, a lot of people are now having him from at the be at the beginning of the NFL offseason, a mid to late first round pick to now being a potential top ten pick, and with some people having the Lions select him at point number two. The Knox, quarterback at Liberty, transferred from a Division One school or not Division One, a a Power Five Division One school, went to Liberty, put up some really good numbers, but maybe didn't play the best competition. At Liberty, and um, in the Theo Ash is a guy that I talk to, or not talk to, but I study some of his stuff because he studies a lot of film, and he's a younger guy, so he's like trying to make a name for himself. He talks about how Malik will make the more difficult play and force the more difficult play instead of going to a checkdown or or even seeing somebody who's wide open down the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also the Lions offense is set up very run first, run heavy. Right. And and a player like Malik Willis is not a run first, run heavy quarterback. So your mm-hmm. entire offensive scheme would have to have to change. But is that worth taking for the generational or not the generational but worth taking for potentially the best quarterback in this draft in a position that you you are going to need or need right now. Mm-hmm. 
Fifth option, trade down. Right. Okay. And that's more dependent on what the what the packages are and then who of those players are at the top of your draft board. And if they're mm-hmm. there and you don't think other teams are going to take those players, trade down. Yeah. Okay. My first question for you that arises is what are the chances of trading for a quarterback that's not golf? Rather than drafting one. Zero. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. I think that's pretty much set. Yeah. Because the only other quarterback that you can not, trade Not for... even this season. I mean, like, I guess that would have to be this season. Because this is... He's just got... The, does he have just this next season on his contract? Or does yes. he have another one after that? I, th- I think he's got another one after that. But it's the... I don't understand NFL contracts. I need to look into them a little bit more. Because okay. he plays for this year. And then next year, if you cut him, then you don't... There's not as big as a cap hit and like a like a like a penalty or money that you have to pay him. Something along those lines. I need to look into that. That's why he's here, and that's why they haven't right. moved on from him because he they have to pay him anyway. Okay. Um, and I don't think that they would trade for anybody because that would require a, a team in the Lions position would not trade draft capital to get no a quarterback. Right. right. Okay. You would have to be close to contention, and the Lions okay. are not. And it's not like we have any big pieces that we're willing to give up for. No, yeah. we don't have any we could offer, I don't yeah. think. That's what I mean. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that I was on the right page with that. Um, so my thoughts are um, Thibodeau was the one that didn't go or didn't finish. The combine, yes. The combine, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. He's also through other podcasts that I've listened to been the one that they were, they're talking about, like how committed is he to, to football? Right. Is that mm-hmm. I'm correct in that in remembering that player. Okay. Yes. Um, to me, that doesn't seem like somebody that would fit the culture of this team. Um, okay. just in personality, not even, um, like, obviously, he would be a good asset on the field, but I think that the way that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes are trying to build this team is very much team-focused and everybody buying in. Um, I mm-hmm. think that's been Brad's, um, Brad's, but also uh, Dan's, like, pushed from the get-go, right? As, like, we want to bring Detroit football back. Um, yes. And so for that reason, I'm going to say no Thibodeau. Sorry, okay. I didn't mean to phrase that like <laughs> oh. like a weird game show host. Um, um, I it's don't... A real stumper I've given you. Yeah, it is a real stumper. And I'm trying to like talk through my thoughts so we don't have like dead air airtime on this podcast. Sure. Um, my other worry with trading back is just the idea of the lions losing a higher a high pick like i don't know that just scares me um and i guess i don't know enough about the rest of the draft class as compared to what the lions need in order to even speak on that really but uh because i have a weird gut feeling about it i'm also going to say we're not going to trade down sure um okay then we got hutchinson uh willis and the other H name that I forgot. Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay. I wanted to say Harrison and I knew that wasn't right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. We're down to these three and I, I'm going to say at this point in I don't know because I, I, I like I want a safety, right? Like that's yeah. We we need a safety. Another one. Yes, we need another safety. But I'm also like, for whatever reason, struggling to really justify that fully as compared to the defensive ends, um, or the defensive end. So 
I don't I, I don't know. I'm stuck on three. You gave me too many options. <laughs> sure. But yeah. I know they're all viable options. Okay, um, just then if you can't choose, give me the one you'd be the most excited about having on the team tomorrow. Because I think I have a ranking. Or at least yeah. a thought process of what I would do. Yeah. Okay, because I love a dark horse, right? Like I love the it's the story. Um, and Willis being the guy that everybody's kind of like, oh, him, right? Like the, beginning shooting to realize up the he's, board. Yeah, yeah, shooting up the board. That whole the whole story of it is really awesome. Um, and not that you should pick people based on story. That's just me being a sob story. Being a sob. Um, I like that aspect of it. But again, is it the wisest decision for the team? I don't know. I think in I think my gut in my head right now is one through three t top choices like ranking is um, Hutchinson, Willis, Harrison, I think is Hamilton. LOL. Hamilton. I did it. Yeah. Hamilton, I think is kind of what my gut's telling me. Again, sure. I'm not a pro, so I don't know. But that's that's what I'm going to go with. Repeat that one more time. Your, your number. Hutchinson. Your okay. Hutchinson, uh, Willis, Hamilton. Okay, cool. That's good. All right. What are your thoughts? Please explain. Before I give my answer, I have to mm -hmm. backtrack a little bit. Do you remember, it was last year with Stafford, last year of the Quintricia era, um, people were saying, oh, the Lions should draft a quarterback. Or yes. there was rumors or whatever. And then they said, we're not going to do that. Stafford is our guy. Okay, yep. Okay. So, everyone was mad because the next guy that they were going to take was a cornerback, and the number one cornerback was Jeff Okuda. We're not talking about his play, we're just talking about this. And we've talked mm -hmm. about this in the podcast before. Because they told teams and they locked themselves into saying, we're, Stafford is our guy, and we're not taking a quarterback, they were incapable of trading down because everybody knew that they were going to draft Jeff Okuda. Okay. Yeah. So everyone was mad that it's like, oh, we drafted Okuda third overall. He could have got him at like seventh mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. Willis shooting up the the draft board is great for the Lions simply because the Lions have two first round draft picks. And I think in just about every single mock draft I saw uh, when the offseason ended, the Lions took Willis but with the 32nd overall pick, not the second. Is that their second that's first their round? Second. That's, the, that's the Rams' first round pick Okay. from this year. So here's my thought process behind this whole thing. Mm -hmm. The Lions need a, a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. That's probably, as of right now, you look at the whole team, right now their biggest need is a pass rusher. And if you get a pass rusher, a good elite not even a good. You need an elite pass rusher to change the whole complexion of your defense. It gives your secondary more time. It, it frees up your linebackers for blitzes and all of that stuff. Um, and then also helps out your defensive tackles. It, it just makes, it is the most contagious position to make your defense better. Um, so as far as needs, they need a defensive end. So my, my gut would tell me to take Again, Thibodeau or Hutchinson, and then the Homer in me says take Hutchinson because I think of course he everybody I think agrees that Hutchinson is the most complete defensive end prospect coming out of college. They just mm -hmm. think that Hut or Thibodeau has a higher ceiling, so that's why maybe some teams would take him over. Mm -hmm. But there is still some pretty heavy consideration that the Jaguars are going to take Hutchinson number one overall, and then the Lions are left with Thibodeau, Willis. Hamilton or trading down. Mm -hmm. Agreeing with what you said about Thibodeau, I don't think the Lions want Thibodeau. So we're left with three options mm -hmm. Willis, Hamilton, trading down. If they go with the side of he doesn't fit the scheme, we want something different. We're going to build our offense around this ground and pound, and then we'll have a quarterback later. We're left with two options. Mm -hmm. Hamilton and trading down. But 
I the Lions have been incredibly quiet on the quarterback front, creating the illusion that hey, if some, if a quarterback is there that we like, we're going to take him, and that mm-hmm. quarterback has now become Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. So this is where out of the Quintricia era helps the Lions. We now have a savvy, I, maybe, a savvy <laughs> GM, or a GM who at least knows what he's doing. Sure. We can now use that second overall pick and say to a quarterback-hungry team, hey, we're taking Malik Willis here at two. Do you want him? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's when you... Look at look at what the... What the 49ers, I can't remember who, somebody moved down two spots, or a spot, okay? And they got a first-round pick. They swapped first-round picks, and then they got, like, four other picks on top of it. I think it was the 49ers a couple years ago with the Bears. Two, and the Bears moved up one spot, and they lost four draft picks because of it. Yeah, that's a big haul. That's a big haul. So, if you can get more draft capital... And trade down a, a couple of picks in the top 10. Because there's some team needs in the top 5 that don't need a safety. Mm-hmm. And you get potentially the best player in the draft at 7. And you get another first round pick in, in this year's draft. And you have another first round pick from a previous trade that you made in the year. You have three first round picks. Yeah. And you completely change the complexion of your team based off of the illusion that you could take a quarterback. So, this is my answer. If Hutchinson is available at two, take Hutchinson. If he's not available at two, I want you to trade down and get Kyle Hamilton. And I'm 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 almost not stomaching this because we just we just drafted a cornerback with the highest pick in like the past 20 years and he's sucked. He can't stay on the field. <laughs> yeah. But this is another no miss. Okuda was a can't miss prospect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kyle Hamilton is a can't miss prospect. What are the chances that we get two can't miss prospects and both of them just blow? <laughs> With I, I the think Lions? it's high. <laughs> it's high, but I think it's it's You think it's worth it? I don't though. I don't think the Lions can 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 completely mess that up. They I mean they <laughs> I couldn't don't know. Don't speak that into the ether. I know. God will hear you. <laughs> maybe I'm getting more hopeful. I don't know. But I don't yeah. know. So my answer is Hutchinson, if he's there, if he's not there, try to trade down and get Hamilton. Or, honestly, I would be thrilled with Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. I'm very high in Malik Willis. And this is this is my answer with Malik Willis, with him being maybe my number two on my draft board. Okay. Because I think my draft board goes... Hutchinson, Willis, Hamilton, in that order. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird. If Willis is there, he's my number two. You'd think I'd take him. But if you can get more draft capital to help the rest of your team, and then also, and then also see what you have with a, a Jared Goff because he's still twenty nine, and Tannehill had a, reju- a rejuvenation of his career in Tennessee. Now he's not very good, and he kind of cost Tennessee a, a playoff game this year <laughs> when they were primed to go to the Super Bowl. But he yeah. also like made them into the perennial contenders in the AFC, at least, that they've been. Kick the, You have to have Goff on the roster for one more year. Kick the tires for one more year. I'm not saying he's the long-term answer. I've never said he's the long-term answer. And if he shows that he cannot stand in the pocket and throw a football more than 15 yards, then, yes, absolutely you get rid of him because he's toast and he's terrible. Mm-hmm. But if you can add another first-round pick somewhere in the middle and get a top 10, top 15, and then top 30, or top 35 draft pick all throughout, you get a plethora of first-round talent. That's a good place to be. Yeah, that's a, that's a great place to be. So that's my answer. It's a good answer. Maybe we'll be NFL people soon enough. You probably more likely than me. This is the, I don't, I don't know all like the semantics and the, like, like I love football. I love watching football, but I don't. I. I feel like I should know a lot more strategy than I do. But like, mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can tell. 
I can tell when a guy's good and when a guy's not good just by looking at him. Mm-hmm. I I don't get into like the advanced metrics. Like it's not like it's not like for me with baseball like people don't think Whit Merrifield is good because he doesn't hit home runs. It's like he's great because he's a great defender. His his wins above his defensive wins above replacement is always in the top whatever stuff like that. I don't get yeah. that in depth. Sure. Um which may hurt a draft analysis, but <laughs> I also watch a lot of college football too. So <laughs> Right. But that was Oof. a good hypothetical. Nice job. I, li- I like these questions. We need I to do, do more. They're fine. Like, we need to think of them more often. Especially like in the off season when there's not, not off yeah. season, but like in those like dead periods when there's only like one team currently playing. Like, Which I feel is like going to be very soon for all of them. That is true. <laughs> that so is true. Gotta... Wow. Because the I'll summer start is just again. tigers. Maybe yeah. we just make it like an hour long podcast about the tigers. I don't think we could do that though. I don't think we could do that either. We wouldn't have no. enough content. No. I'll start reading sports books again. Giving sure. little blurbs at the end if we need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we talk about what we were doing next? I think we were just like, yeah, Lions first, and then we didn't discuss the rest of yeah, the Yeah, because we were really excited about this question. Um, okay, let's talk about the Pistons. Uh, because okay, go to the Pistons. I've actually I've watched a lot of Pistons basketball these past couple of days. Um, I'm in a basketball them, mood. I get I'm it. I'm in a basketball mood. Um, I saw them live in Indianapolis yesterday, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool, but Cade Cunningham was hurt, so I didn't get to see him. So I, I, I wore my City Edition Cade Cunningham jersey, and he wasn't even playing. I was so pissed. Um, but And then I watched the game that they played against the Nets, um, where Cade Cunningham had a uh, career high. I think it, he had 32 points and a double-double, I think. Good for him. Look so at him go. He had a career high, and then the Pistons beat the Pacers, which I guess if you're on Team Tank is a bad thing. Um, but who cares because it's, again, development. Um, a couple things I want to talk about, just a couple little tidbits, and to show that the Pistons are heading in the right direction. Um, Kevin Durant is an absolute freak. Like He's a walking bucket. And mm-hmm. it was really cool because in the second half, it was, or specifically in the fourth quarter, it was Cade Cunningham and Kevin Durant exchanging buckets. And I think Cade Cunningham at the end of the third quarter had like 16 points. And I swear I turned on the game and I don't think I saw Cunningham miss for like 30 minutes. Just and so it was exciting to see. Mid-range, three-point at the line and he was he was getting you know fired up emotional like all of that stuff like and young guys balling out who doesn't love that like that's freaking sick and i remember watching some stuff after the game uh and the nets beat writers and beat reporters are asking kevin durant like questions like hey like the pistons aren't very good uh like they really struggled and he's like he's like hold on <laughs> they mm-hmm. kevin durant literally a top five player in the NBA. It was like, they've got pros over there. Mm-hmm. Like they, they were going to come in here and they were going to be ready to, you know, give us their best. And they did. Mm-hmm. And we faced some adversity in this game. And then he goes on. It's like, you know, it's, it's good for this team right now to face adversity as we go into the play on tournament. But the Pistons were a tough team to play tonight and Cunningham. I don't think he mentioned Cunningham by name, but he has in the past. But he's like, those guys are pros, and you can't overlook a team like the Pistons who are young and talented. Yeah, which you just got to respect that, right? Like, any player who is on a better team who is a, air quotes, better player than anybody on our team as of right now, because he is Kevin Durant, uh, giving props to the younger guys. I don't know. I just really respect the fact that he didn't go, well, yeah, we won, and that's the end of it. Like, he went... No, we won, but look at all the things that they're doing. I but I think, I think it goes even a little bit deeper because you hear all the time about... So, like, example, Lightning and the Coyotes play. Yeah. In, in the, the Coyotes are horrible. Just Correct. Just <laughs> an, abys, an abysmal NHL team right now. And so, like, you know, reporters always ask the question, like, oh, are you overlooking this team? It's like, oh, no, like, they're a team of professionals. Like, we have to be prepared every night. Like, the... The cookie Typical, cutter answer. I'm going to answer this because I don't want to get anybody mad. Yeah. Right. And those questions come before the game. Right. This was a question that came after the game. 
and the people who watched the game realized that this was a this was a back and forth competition and the pistons really put in their best effort mm-hmm. and this is kevin durant saying they gave us they gave us their best shot tonight mm-hmm. and we and that was tough for us to overcome he used adversity adversity doesn't just get thrown in the pregame it's like oh like they're going to the coyotes are going to really challenge us tonight that those kind of things don't get said unless mm. it actually happens the pistons gave them their best shot and they also i believe took the lead in the fourth quarter as well um it wasn't by much it was like by a bucket two point two three points something like that but the brooklyn could have very well lost that game from the hands of cade cunningham taking over in the second half and they're like they played their best mm-hmm. and they really challenged us tonight. And if we did not come together as a team, we would have lost. That shows me that, you know, not just Cunningham, but the rest of the team, the the Pistons are doing something right. And yeah. even some of the best players in the league are beginning to take notice. And once that happens, you really know what side of the, of the rebuild you're on. It happened last year for the Tigers because we saw we essentially knocked out a 96-win team out of the playoffs last year because mm-hmm. we took two of three from them in their home ballpark. I think the Blue Jays were one of the best teams in Major League Baseball history, wins-wise, to not make the playoffs. And they literally missed the playoffs by a game mm-hmm. when they lost two of three to a last-place team in the American League Central. Maybe not last place. I think they were fourth, but... But darn but, close. But darn close. And people are like, the Tigers are going to punch you in the mouth when you play them. Mm-hmm. Pistons are going to punch you in the mouth when you play them. Mm-hmm. And then they go I into like Indiana. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. it. Makes It gets me excited. And it's like, oh, I'm going to pay. I'm going to go spend $20 to go watch the Pistons. Play. I spent I spent $18 on a ticket to go watch the Pistons play. And I saw, nice. I met a buddy. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I met a buddy. Uh, uh, on Sunday, and he 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 goes he goes to my church too, so he went to the game, um, and he's like, I'm going to the game. I called him up. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I want to go. Bought my ticket and sat there. I went to a Pistons game when the best player on the team was not playing. I knew that before I bought the ticket. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I that's how you know. That's how you know. And I enjoyed myself. And I mean, the Pacers are horrible, but they went out, and it was a quite an entertaining game. Carson Edwards, Purdue legend, signed a two-year deal, and he played, made his Pistons debut in Indianapolis. Cool story. Isaiah Livers, former U of M guy, is playing and is playing well. Beef Stew, got to see him live and in the flesh um, for the second time <laughs> the in Indianapolis. The towering man of, of him. Yes. He's just a um, huge being. Frank Jackson, role player, hit a couple of huge threes in the game. Kelly Olynyk. I'm really I, – maybe I just have a soft spot for big men because <laughs> – I just I think I, that's what it is. Yeah, I, he played he played well. Like these, because you like Kelly Olynyk from the start. I have, I have, and he's he's won the Pistons a couple games. Literally, he's won oh, the Pistons yeah. a couple no, games. I know, I know. Um, and they're do, they're they're doing it right, and the league is beginning to take notice. And once the league begins to take notice, that's when you shoot off. Mm-hmm. Do we want to move into the Red Wings? Honestly, who are I, having the opposite problem? <laughs> there's the a lot look of, of disappointment and frustration on your face right now. <laughs> there is a lot going wrong with Ooh. them. Mm-hmm. Many um, things. The single good thing about this part of the season is the Mojo Show. That's the single good. That's that's it. That's yeah. all there is. Is just that's the fair. Mojo Show. If you that's haven't fair. watched it, it's on their YouTube. It's amazing. It's Mo Cider and and. Joe Valeno. The most recent one is them walking around Seattle. Joe throws a fish. It's great. But you have to, if your team is that bad, you have to focus on the young players. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) And to put them even into like this weird, like, like circa 1997 skit acting almost, but it's not, it's like a talk show. At whatever this weird format is, it's working. And we need to keep doing more of it to distract from the fact that the team is horrible. <laughs> Noel, I'm I really don't have a whole lot to say about the I Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Um 
they dropped two in a row to the Ottawa Senators. Yes, I know. In pretty uncompetitive, uninspired games. Now, I'm going to the game tomorrow because I, I'm i not in Michigan very often anymore, so I'm going to go see them mm-hmm. play. Um, This team has quit. Yeah. They've given up. There's and, no more fight. And that's, I think that more so explains the goaltending issues, the defensive issues, and I, I mean, I don't think the offensive issues, but I mean, still going into Canada, not having Bertuzzi. Uh, uh, and there's, we talked about it last week that reports that, you know, Blaschel doesn't mesh with the young guys. And I think those are a hundred percent true because the rest of the team, the level of play and competitiveness has been a stark difference from the beginning of the year. I mean, we were talking about how much this team fought to the bitter end, and now they're they're giving up. They're giving up three goals a period. Yeah. And I don't think it's like, oh, they quit as a means to just say we don't want to play hockey anymore. I think it's a means to say send a message like this. Our leader, mm-hmm. quote unquote, Jeff Blaschel, it, he's not getting the job done. Yeah. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that that's the case. Because if it's not, and they we just flat out much quit, larger problem. we have a way bigger issue yeah. than that. And, I mean, that's simply all I have to say. We just, we have to suffer through the last, how I don't even know how many games are left. Mm-hmm. Watch them, maybe... Maybe keep an eye out on if Bertuzzi can get to thirty goals. I think is he at thirty goals? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Or if Larkin can get to thirty goals, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, All of these. All of these things. I'm going to look at the app. Bert is at twenty six. Okay, so Larkin's at twenty nine. Okay, so could could Larkin get to thirty five goals? Could Bert get to? Could Bert get to thirty goals? And then we would have had, I think a couple of years in a row with a 30 goal scorer, or I don't think we had a 30 goal scorer last year, but then the year before, I think Anthony CU and Dylan Larkin both scored 30. Yeah. We have 13 games left. So with those, that should be, that's enough time for them. For heck, sure. I could, I could think Dylan Larkin could get to 40. I don't think that's out of the question. You think he'd he, get almost one goal a game? I think so. Could. If anything. If the, if the team plays like they want to. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of him managing. I think like when 35... they play bad, I feel like he takes on more the more responsibility of like, I'm managing, I'm putting out fires. I'm not focused on scoring at this point. Sure. You know what I mean? I think 35 I is more likely. And I think absolutely Bert's going to get to 30. Yeah. Um, so I think if those numbers don't hit, then that's pretty disappointing. But um the other thing that we haven't even mentioned that is a complete mystery and we literally have nothing to report on yeah. than the news itself um and noel you can take the lead on this one um yeah so last what was this friday sometime mm, last wednesday sorry last wednesday um news broke that longtime rink manager alice uh sabatka was fired. Um, and that's all the news we have. Right. That's it. We don't, we did, we haven't been given anything else. Um, they, you know, the wings have confirmed it. They have refused to give any other comment. The only statement, um, that Sabatka gave was, I loved my 51 years at the, uh, with the red wings and I would be happy to stay for another 51. Um, and unfortunately, and I, maybe I won't even say that because I don't even want to like start anything, but this can't be good, right? Like what, because we know that the ice has been crap for a while, roughly since the beginning of the LCA. And that's probably strictly because of the Pistons. Yeah, that's the not Pistons. a Sabaka problem. Right. And that's most arenas that have dual housed teams you know you have a you have a nhl team and an nba team or whatever in the same place it there's it's going to be messy it's going to be an issue that's a technology thing i don't think that's an al thing um and so i don't know that that was the reason to fire a man after a 51 year tenure 
So we what don't else? even know if that's the reason. Right, exactly. We don't know if that was the reason at all. So what could it have been? Um, and that's where we're at. We don't know. We have no idea. Um, we know that Al was well-loved in both the locker room among the staff and the community. I mean, we named our freaking mascot after him. Like, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. It's just, it, it's a really weird turn of events um, that has yet to, for anything to happen. Um, yeah. And I thought I saw a tweet that said Al had gotten a lawyer to talk about, uh, or to go up for a suit for wrongful termination. Mm-hmm. I can't find that tweet anymore, so I don't want to say that that's a fact. That was just maybe a rumor I saw. So Speculation. Speculation. The only report we have is that Al is no longer a member of the Red Wings staff. And that's it. Do you have thoughts or I comments? Don't. Okay. I don't. I guess, I guess my only thought was, like, we have adored the fact that the Iser plan has been under tight lock and key for everything. Mm-hmm. Um this is one of those times where we wish we knew more because like the only time, yeah, go ahead. The only time anyone ever heard the name Al Sabatka only, I don't think there's anyone on planet earth or at least in the Detroit area that thought unhappy thoughts about Al Sabatka. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was the guy that started the octopus twirl. Like he's a a freaking legend. He's in every single promo video ever. (laughs) And I just think it's weird, too, that since Steve Eisman, a guy who's been around him as a uh-huh. player, uh, it would it would happen under his regime. Or maybe it doesn't – maybe he doesn't make that decision. We don't And that know. was my question. As I don't – is does that fall under Chris Illich? Does that fall under Eisman? Who does that – who does that? Who does I think that it fall falls under? under – it falls under Chris Illich because I don't like him very much and I just want to wish <laughs> – We'll just make him the scapegoat? We'll make him the scapegoat, so. Because, uh, like, let's be real. This wasn't – this wouldn't be the first – decision Chris has made where we're all like, uh, what? So literally Chris Illich is, is, is blessed that Steve Eisenman, because the only reason that Steve Eisenman is here is because Steve Eisenman wanted to be here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Literally. Yep. And for all intents and purposes has done a pretty fantastic job of, of, of such. Mm -hmm. That's fallen into his lap. Kind of like how Casey Mize, Torkelson, Riley Green fell into his lap. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. So that's Red Wings news. Uh, we'll update if we get anything else. Don't know that we will, but speaking of Green, Torkelson, and uh, Mize, no, opening I'm day head- is in a couple I'm, days. I'm heading up for my favorite day of the year. I know. For And I will, I will be at Comerica Park. For as a fan, for the first time, I believe in. Man, how long has it been? As a fan, I would I would say seven plus years. Wow, really? So the last time I was at opening day, yeah, because I think I was at college for a period, a long period of time, and then uh, I worked opening day. Um, when I was with the Tigers and then mm-hmm. COVID hit, so I couldn't go to opening day. Um, and then I didn't have anybody to go to opening day with uh, for a period of time. Uh, Cause my, my Tigers clan was scattered across the country as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to opening day for the first time um, and big news because uh, Spencer Torkelson has made the opening day roster and it looks like he will be our starting first baseman from here on out. Unless, Woo-hoo! So the future is now. We talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, I, again, I still think this team is going to go as far as the pitching staff takes them. Pineda is healthy and is pitching in spring training, but I do not know if he'll be ready for his first start because he was here late on an already abbreviated spring training. Um, so I think he will require a couple more weeks to get up to speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will have a starting rotation of Eduardo Rodriguez, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, uh, Matt Manning, and 
either Tyler Alexander or Michael Pineda, or maybe we do both. I don't know. Maybe we have a six-man rotation, which we had talked about, I think, maybe even two years ago on the podcast. Yeah, it was a while it, ago, I think. Yeah. Um, so We haven't been around for two years. Well, this is our year. So it was either at the very beginning. Sure. Okay. That the very beginning. Sense. So a year ago. Did we start this in COVID? Like in the middle of COVID? Yeah. February 2021. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> Part of the reason we started it was because we were all so bored. That is fair. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Let's start a sports podcast when there's no, no sports, sports going on. <laughs> uh, no sports yes. were back at that time. They just didn't have fans. Yeah, that's fair. It's so dumb. I remember that. That was the dumbest thing. I don't, don't even get me started. I, you I'm have, trying not to. You have a <laughs> and 40... And you're, start, you're starting anyways. You're you starting have a 40,000-seat stadium. <laughs> Corey, <laughs> we didn't know what we know now. Just move on. But we knew we, we knew we had to social distance, and you can social distance in a 40,000-seat stadium. <sighs> yes, but you're all sharing the same air. I don't know why I'm arguing this. I, it's not like I... I'm on your side. I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> Make them wear a mask! I don't... Oh. <laughs> oh Back to the Tigers. Please talk about the Tigers. Happy things. Okay. Opening uh, day. Super excited. They play their... They open up the series and the season against the favorite to win the AL Central. Make a statement. Win two of three and put yourself on the map. You win two of three in the opening series against the best team in your division. Uh, people will talk. Even though it's a 162-game uh, schedule, every single game is important, as we mm -hmm. learned last year. A um, couple things. Uh, because Torkelson is on the roster... Um, we would have expected Riley Green to have made the roster as well, but unfortunately Riley Green has a stress fracture in his heel um, that does not require surgery, but will put him on the shelf for, I think, four weeks? Yeah, it was four, four to, to six five. Four like to that. five. Yeah. So it's cool that they're not doing the manipulation of service time and they're saying, oh, we're actually going to try to win. Because I feel like if they said we're going to try to win and then sent both of those guys down heads yeah. would have rolled yeah um so other than seeing their production in spring training which torkelson hit a bomb the other day it was off of 11 pitch at bat and it was mm -hmm. so good um mm -hmm. futures here it's coming matt manning who was here last year who started just out of necessity hopefully <laughs> will be better um yeah you're you are essentially uh, three parts of your rotation are young guys um, with not even a full season of service time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then two of your starting nine, essentially, will be rookies and your top prospects in the league. Mm -hmm. Futures now. Get excited. And this mm -hmm. will really see, are these guys as advertised? Because then that will directly lead to wins on on the field and mm -hmm. i think the players in the clubhouse are excited too cabrera is excited he's willing to move into the dh role because it's like hey this will help us win if we can have this guy at first base the uh, as much as we've talked about the addition of javi Baez, that's a that's a step in the right direction especially mm -hmm. eduardo rodriguez a step in the right direction um so mm -hmm. akil badu seems to be following his pattern he didn't just, like fall off like some people might have speculated he was my hottest take i've ever said ever and <laughs> i'm looking back at it now and i'm like oh that's a really hot take but i said in our friends group chat that akil badu will be a hall of famer and mm -hmm. honestly if he plays like he's played <laughs> pretty hard to keep him out but yeah i'll yeah. i i will stick with it as until until I You're look like an wrong. idiot. Until I'm proven wrong. Um, number two, Vegas has the Detroit Tigers record, I think, at 77 and a half. Okay. It might even be 72. That's their that's their line for wins. Yeah. Regardless, I'm I'm hammering the over. Uh, of course. 
I don't think I don't think there'll be a well no. Anything less than a playoff contending team will be a, a failure for this year, I think, in my opinion. Mm. Okay. But if the line and I'm going to look this up too. Uh the Vegas line for the Tigers Uh, if I can type, because I don't know how to read. Uh, <laughs> now it's taking me into DraftKings. Oh boy, this is dangerous. Um, regular season wins. Uh, 77 and a half okay. is the line. So I was right the first time. Um, smashing the over? Smashing the over. Okay. They're gonna, they're gonna, Good luck. they're gonna... They're going to hit that over. I believe it in my bones. So I think that's a little low, judging by my reaction on this on this podcast. But I think that's <laughs> I think that's low. And yeah, it's opening day. It's nice to have some. It, every team has hope on opening day, but mm-hmm. now we have some hope that has a little bit of backup to it because it's like they've made all these yeah. moves. The young guys are here, yeah. and it's like, hey, we're gonna make. We are going. It's not. We could make some noise. It's we're gonna make some noise this yeah. year, and I'm excited to see where that noise takes us. And I think, I think at the very least, will leave us competing for a playoff spot to the last day of the year. We will be playing meaningful baseball for the first time in. Six seasons at the end of September, the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do the math. I was like, how long has it been? It's a been while. A long time. It's been a long time. A while. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, do you have any ridiculous predictions for opening day shenanigans? <sighs> like it was a blizzard last year and Akil Well, Badu... it's going to be horrible weather again. It's like going to yeah. rain in 46. Ooh. No thanks. Um, you can do that on your own. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, I don't care. I'm, it's a blast. I love it. I know. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez is the starting pitcher. Uh, mm-hmm. Eduardo Rodriguez is going to go seven and two thirds. Okay. He'll have ten strikeouts. Okay. The Tigers will be winning two to one. Okay. Um, I think Miguel Cabrera hits another home run on opening day. Yeah, I'm hoping for that too. I think I think it'll be a two run home run. Akil, he so how would that work? Uh, Akil Badu hits a double. Mm-hmm. Then. How would that? I don't think no, because Cabrera will be hitting fifth. Because you would need that would be, yeah, that wouldn't work. Okay, um, <laughs> Baez hits a double, Cabrera okay. hits a home run, two run home run. Those are only okay. runs up to that point. Eduardo Rodriguez pitches seven and two thirds, is very efficient somehow. Ten strikeouts. We go into the ninth. We go into the ninth. Uh, Gregory Soto blows the save. Okay. And then Akil Badu doubles walk-off single from Condelario. Okay. That's crazy. That's what I'm thinking. Torkelson strikes out twice. Ah, poor kid. Yeah. Sounds good. Or like none of this none of this is going to happen at all. But <laughs> I'm trying to like write it all down to be like, let's compare when we get there. Torkelson is either going to have the greatest MLB debut, or he's going to just look like he's completely lost. That's going to. What What's your prediction? And then I guess we'll be done. But um, I do think Cabrera will get a homer. Okay. Um, but for some reason, I think it's just going to be a single, like just a solo home run. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to put some faith in Torkelson and say he, I think he's going to fall somewhere closer to has a good, I don't know that he's going to get like any homers or anything, but I think he's going to have a couple hits. Um, 
I don't think he's going to hit. I don't. I think he'll strike out once at okay. least. Um, what else? I would love Akil Badu to just do his thing all over again. I love Akil um, Badu. I know, me too. Uh, yeah, I don't have a ton of because I'm not super technical, but those are those are my predictions, and I think the weather is going to be crap the entire time. Yep. Yep. Those are my predictions. Also, I, this is really important to me because we've had Miggy on first for so long, being Miggy and antagonizing everybody on first base. Mm-hmm. Is Torkelson going to be that guy? Probably not. I'm so mad at that. But I think I think Miguel Cabrera is going to play first throughout the se- like the season. I, I yeah. would say like every like fifth or sixth day, okay, he'll get a start, and then Torkelson will DH. Because it's or, really important to me to just have a complete goober on first base. I don't know mm-hmm. why it's it's healing to my soul when yeah. everything else is crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So opening day will be fun. Um, you're going to be very wet and cold, and so I'm sorry about that. Yay. <laughs> Any thoughts for the rest of the order? No, I think that's about it. We've 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 given it our all. Hopefully we have some uh, Oh, we can once we get to the NBA playoffs, we can start talking about draft. We can. For them. We can. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, you're, you're pulling for North Carolina tonight? I don't know. I think I'm just going to enjoy it. The game started, so I'm trying to get to that, but, um. I know, you're getting really antsy. It's funny to watch. I am. (laughs) Hee hee. Ew. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks so much for listening. Give us a five-star rating and follow us on socials at CNC Sports Pod. We will see you all next week. Deuce is wild. Hey, everybody. This is Corey for the CNC Replay. I had to jump on here because we just got finished recording uh, and news broke of a deal that uh, no one expected. I feel like whenever you see a trade happening, a lot of the reports first come from like a Jeff Passan or, or Ken Rosenthal, all of these guys. Um, and it looked like the Tigers broke the news of their own trade, uh, sending... Uh, Isak Paredes, who is a shortstop in our organization, who is not going to make this team, and a contemporary draft pick for Austin Meadows, all-star outfielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I'm shocked because I thought we were done making deals, and I thought we were set in outfield. But as the great Chris Castellani, who is a huge Tigers supporter and someone who has been famous for making Tigers videos, he said this feels like a Dombrowski-era trade. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm blown away. Paredes was not a part of this future, and we traded a draft pick for an all-star player and a player who, by batting average standards, had a down year but had an over uh, 315 had an over 300 on-base percentage and a above league minimum or league average uh, OPS plus. Um, left-handed bat had a hundred and I believe uh, five RBI last year. I know that's an old archaic stat, but he drove in 105 runs as a leadoff hitter for the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow, is all I've got to say. What a move! You unite the Meadows brothers. Um, as Parker is somewhere in the lower levels of the Tigers minor league organization. And I would assume this would be a move that would tell us that Riley Green is going to be out for a more extended period of time. But your, your starting lineup for the Detroit Tigers is now going to be Tucker Barnhart at catcher, Eduardo Rodriguez at pitcher. Your third baseman is Heimer Candelario, shortstop Javi Baez, second base Jonathan Scope, First base, Spencer Torkelson. And in your outfield, you will have Robbie Grossman. You will have Akil Badu. And you will have now the newly acquired Parker Meadows. Or not Parker Meadows, excuse me, Austin Meadows. Although it looks like he's injured. He may start uh, on the DL or the IL for like the first five days. But a healthy Detroit Tigers lineup will consist of these players. Guys, get excited. (laughs) We're going to compete this year.
and we're going to play some meaningful baseball at the end of the season. Peace out. Hope you guys enjoy the CNC Sports Pod update. And uh, follow us, rate us, look at us on Twitter because we're going to be saying some stuff about this. But thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good night.